Hello friends, thank you for joining me for episode 141. I'm Kathy Rotes. Today we're going to think differently again about generations and about our brains. <laughs> this is the podcast episode number three out of three in the generation series. So I hope you've enjoyed thinking differently about the people around you. Now, Tim Elmore's new book, a new kind of diversity. I've referenced it often throughout this series. And, and in the book, he also says that we have concrete for brains. <laughs> yes, we have concrete for brains. Well, what does that mean exactly, right? Well, our brain is like wet cement. In the book, he says that just as concrete is moldable, when it's first set, our brains establish this unique neural pathways in our earliest years. Uh, the neural pathways, if you like the details, they actually are comprised of neurons and they're connected by dendrites. Uh, they're created in our brain based on our habits and our behaviors, especially in the, those earliest years of our lives. And that's why we talked about the growing up years of every generation, right? But as, as young people, those pathways, they're so pliable. I can prove it. I can prove it to you, okay? I have a niece who is one and a half years old. She's adorable. Her name is Olivia. Not even two years old, and she is learning three languages right now. You see, in her home, her mom and dad speak English. But when her grandma came to visit for six months, her grandma's from Brazil. Her grandma doesn't speak English. Her grandma only speaks Portuguese. So her mom and grandma would speak Portuguese. And then when Olivia goes to school every day, she's learning Swedish because she lives in Sweden. She can't speak it all yet, but she's a year and a half. I mean, how many words do, year, do you know, almost two-year-olds really speak? But she definitely understands the words that she's spoken to. She'll do exactly what the words mean. She knows what she needs to do. It's, it's amazing. But here she is at such a young age. Her brain is not concrete yet. Her brain is wet cement. It's pliable. It's mold, moldable. And, and as, we, as we age, that's when our brain becomes less pliable. So after the age of 25, that's when we really become less flexible. It isn't that we can't change. It isn't that we, we can't learn something new. It just, it, re, it requires more work to do so. You know, Olivia's mom learned English well into her 20s. And, and she said, yeah, it, it was challenging. I mean, have you ever tried to learn a new language when you're older or learn how to play an instrument or learn a new sport? I mean, it's really good for us to be doing that at older ages, but it's not as easy as it would have been when we were younger. Have you ever heard, or, or maybe you've even said this, you know, when, when, when talking about certain people, you may hear things said that, oh, they are so set in their ways. They'll never change. Oh, they frustrate me. They're so set in their ways. Biologically, it's very true what you say. <laughs> because if they're over the age of 25, their brains are concrete. They are very set in their ways. Dr. Britt Andrietta actually said that we are biologically wired to resist change after we become adults. This resistance actually is the key to our survival. And yet that obstacle kind of gets in our way. 
and it gets in our way of learning new things, fulfilling our potential, connecting with other people. We just get set in our ways. So our neural pathways become stuck and deeply embedded over the years, but that doesn't have to define us. Okay, it just makes it a little more challenging to learn. It also doesn't have to define other people. We need to understand this so that we can adapt and use everybody's strengths. So please don't, don't get mad. Don't stereotype the old people when they take so long or they're so slow to, to comprehend the, the crazy monitor system in an airport. <laughs> don't, don't get frustrated when they have to sit there and look at it a minute and it doesn't just come to them as far as figuring out which gate to go next. I mean, my goodness, I look at those monitors, find my gate, and then I stand there looking around, figuring out where, where the heck is that gate. <laughs> Embrace this, okay? Embrace this. We're all trying to grow together. So, you know, here we are talking about so many different generations and, and defining different attitudes and different experiences, and, and they are gonna, people are gonna frustrate us. But let's embrace it. We understand each other better now, right? Okay, so besides having concrete for brains, let's also talk about a few clarifications regarding the generations. Since I've recorded these episodes, I've been talking to people and they've been asking questions or sharing more information. So here's some, some clarifications for you. Number one, the first three generations that I introduced, the silent generation, baby boomers, and Gen X, those are USA generations. Worldwide generations really don't begin until Gen Y. And you can tell because worldwide events start defining Gen Y and Gen Z. Now granted, the, the depression and the war, it was worldwide back in the silent generation days, but it was a different experience for the Americans than the other people in the world. My friend Lori grew up in Africa. I think, uh, Biologically, she's a Gen Y, okay? She was born in those years, but they were like 10 years behind America. So her growing up years don't match all, I mean, she actually relates more to the Gen Xers because the soap operas and the TV shows that she was growing up with, so was I, and I am a Gen Xer. Her husband grew up in another country and had a totally different experience. So, so just keep that in mind. I mean, our world is flat now and we, connect with people from all over the world constantly. It may not be understood when you talk generations with them. You know, something else too that came up while I was teaching a class is my grandma on, on April 19th, my grandma would have celebrated her 100th birthday. That means she was born in 1923. The silent generation begins in 1925. Well, who is before the silent generation? I always thought my grandma and grandpa were silent generation. They're not. 1901 to 1924 is the greatest generation. You know how we have different names? Actually, we have multiple names for one generation. The silent generation is also called the builder generation or the traditionalist or the veteran generation. Well, sometimes people have also called them the greatest generation. That's not that's not accurate. The greatest generation is before the silent generation. 
So just to, to clarify, and this is how we suddenly have seven generations. I mean, I know my grandma from the greatest generation and I know people from the silent generation. Well, my parents are baby boomers and I'm a Gen Xer and my oldest son's a Gen Y. My younger two kids are Gen Zs. My niece is an alpha generation. We know people from seven amazing generations. And there's more to come, right? <laughs> okay, the last clarification before, before I talk about some curves of the generation, the last clarification is what we call tweeners. If you're a tweener, you're probably born in the, the years where the generations begin and end. So, you know, if you were born in 1979, 1980, 1981, 1982, you're, you're a tweener. You're between X and Y. And this is so common because, you know, not even these years are set in stone. Depending on which website or which research, these years are a little flexible. You might really feel a pull to both generations if you're truly a tweener. So embrace that. Embrace the fact that you're between generations and you really can connect and relate to both. All right, let's talk about the curves. There's a curve to everything, right? There's a curve to every kind of graph that we look at. There's a curve when you study history. There are curves within generations. So the first curve I want to talk about is the economy curve. The economy curve, it's a steep curve and it changes at every generational change. Okay, so here's what it looks like. Let's talk about the economy back in the silent generation years. The economy when the silent generation was growing up was down. And this is why they are builders because they were building their way back out. And when the baby boomers were in their growing up years, the economy was up. The economy was great. They were creative. They were still building stuff, but the economy was doing well. And then the Xers down. And the Y has an up economy and the Z has a down economy. And hopefully the alpha has an up economy. But, you, but I mean, you can go back in history and look at this. You know, back in Gen X's days, we had high interest rates. We had, the, you can physically see in history, the numbers show the up and down curve to those generations. That's important to know and understand. Okay, you know, this is, this is important to understand because of the attitudes of the people in that generation. Well, also, it's important to understand because of their attitude of how they spent money. Back in the silent generation days, the way that they spent money was on stuff. They liked goods. They liked things. When they bought something, they had it forever because they didn't buy things too often. It was hard-earned money that they spent. This is why also they had knick-knack corner shelves and curio cabinets. And this is why also they put in their will all their stuff that they wanted to pass on to their, to their family members. That's where they spent their money. And it, it wasn't much, it was hard earned for sure. Well, then the baby boomers in the up economy, they're buying stuff, of course, the boats and the cabins and the, right? But they're also buying services. At this point, people started paying other people to do certain services like change their oil or wash their laundry or clean their house. To be honest, this drove the silent generation crazy because why would you pay somebody to do that when you could do it yourself? But baby boomers could. And they did. Baby boomers like to work. I mean, 
they're workaholics. They enjoyed it. Work defined them. So they would rather pay somebody to do some of the chores and go work, make money. Well, then the exes, the Xers, where did they spend their money? Yeah, we always buy stuff and we buy services, but now we also buy experiences, vacations, amazing, you know, hot air balloon experiences, cooking experiences. Experiences is what is the focus of a Gen Xer. Gen Y likes to spend their money on transformations. Transformations, what does that mean? Well, yeah, it means silicone. Uh, Botox in the eyelids. I just saw that the other day in a magazine. I, I, I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest. Uh, other transformations. Gen Y is all about hiring somebody to be their fi physical fitness trainer because they want to transform their body, right? So this is where they're, they're spending their money in transformations. Gen Zers, they're spending their money in reinventions. And this is what I find interesting. And here, here comes a huge curve. It's not up and down like economy. This is a huge curve. I'm not even sure if we can see it coming around quite yet. Reinventions are things like learning how to sew, learning how to cook, learning how to can the veggies they just picked from their garden, learning how to garden. The reinventions that Zers are paying money to learn the greatest and silent generation tried to teach us. We just, we weren't listening. We weren't documenting. We chose to hire somebody else to do it. You see how this curve is starting to come around, kinda? I mean, it's a big curve. <laughs> okay, let's, let's finally talk about then also the life paradigm or the life narrative of these generations. You know, what is their mindset? What do they think? Well, the silent generation's primary thought was, you be grateful you have a job. I mean, these people stood in line looking for jobs. You be grateful you have a job. What's going on in the world today with this employee shortage and the fact that people can just literally jump from job to job every other month, that that is just not understood by the silent generation. The baby boomers mindset is, I deserve better. I deserve better. I deserve better than the way my parents had it. I deserve better than growing up years. I deserve, and I can do it because I'm making the money. Now, Gen Xers, remember, Gen, or I'm sorry, baby boomers had an up economy. Gen Xers had a down economy. Their mindset is keep it real. These guys are, are cynical and, and sarcastic at times and jaded in their thinking. You know, life is not unicorns and rainbows. So don't try to paint the picture that it is. Just, just keep it real, please. There's that down economy that's showing in their mindset. Well then, our economy is gonna go back up with Gen Y and their mindset is life's a cafeteria. We get to pick the music that we want. We get to pick the movies that we want. We get to pick everything, including, including my religion or lack of. I'm going to take a little Christianity, a little Buddha, a little, I'm even going to pick my employment and I'm going to pick the benefits that I want. Well, I only want to work yeah, nine to two every day. And when you have an employee shortage, you start to see organizations cater to that. And then Gen Z. Gen Z, we've got the down economy. 
and they're coping and hoping. I mentioned in the earlier video, last week's video, that Gen Zers, I know I've heard from college students who said, I, I, I need to get another student loan because I just want to finish college and get my degree. I, I hope I can pay it off when I get a job. I hope I can get a job after I graduate. Well, they didn't see the employee shortage coming, so <laughs> I think they're getting jobs. They're just hoping they're making the salary that they need to make to pay for everything that now has increased prices. So you can see the curve, similar to the economy curve. Their mindset curve is taking that same approach. Thankfully, when we have down economies, we, we, we are creative people. We're resilient. We've, we've proven that through the pandemic and we climb out of it. And it's not just that generation that's climbing out, it's everyone who's alive that's climbing out and making the world a better place. So please remember, we, we need to understand people so that we can adapt and use everyone's strengths appropriately. We need to collaborate. Please don't collide. Don't collide because they don't think like you. Don't collide because they don't have the same opinions as you. Don't collide because they're sharing their opinions and you didn't want to hear it. Let's find our strengths and find our gifts and collaborate. That's what's going to help us climb out of any slump that we might be in. Well, I hope this, this video, I hope the entire series has truly challenged your thinking and your habits. Please continue to share with me what, what you're hearing and what you're thinking. Uh, but, but I hope you're, you're feeling a little more efficient and fully empowered, especially when you get to connect with different generations. Be great today, my friends. I'll see you next week. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world class. Please follow this podcast, share it with your friends, and follow me and Unity Consulting on all social platforms. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and our websites, unityconsultingllc.com and kathyrotes.com. Just make sure to spell my name right. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.